2: And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to find out about the programming, we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel, it's www.simultv.com, and we're channel 21. My guest this hour, XO Nation, is a gentleman that I've had the pleasure of having on the show before. His name is Preston Dennett, and he has a, a fascinating new book out entitled The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. I guess it begs to ask the question, are ETs healing humans? Well, the answer, of course, is yes. In this landmark book, The Healing Power of UFOs, leading UFO researcher Preston Dennett presents a fascinating compilation of more than 300 cases of people who have been healed by extraterrestrials. Joining me now is Preston Dennett. And Preston, welcome back to The Exxon. Always great having you with us, my friend. Hey, thanks. Uh, Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, Preston, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your experience within the UFO community.
3: Uh, yeah, I've been researching about 35 years almost, since 1986 is when I got involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- not voluntarily, I found out that my brother had seen a UFO. Uh, my sister-in-law, she had an encounter with gray ETs wow. later. Uh, people at work, a lady had missing time. Another lady I worked with for years, her whole family saw a UFO. So it really hit home for me. It was not good news as far as I was concerned. I was very skeptical at the time, so it was a huge adjustment, and uh, yeah, just never looked back since then. I couldn't believe it.
2: Preston, uh, you've written a number of books, including Aliens and UFOs, Bigfoot, Yeti, and Other Ape Men, California Ghosts, The Coronado Island UFO Incident, Extraterrestrial Visitations, Ghosts of Greater Los Angeles, The "The Healing Power of UFOs, and that's one we're talking about tonight, Human Levitation, Inside UFOs, Not From Here, Volume 1, 2, and 3, one in 40, the UFO epidemic, Supernatural, California, uh, UFOs over Arizona, UFOs over cal- uh, California, UFOs over Colorado, UFOs over Nevada, UFOs over New Mexico, UFOs over New York, UFOs over Topanga Canyon, and undersea UFO base. Let me ask you, having been a researcher for so long and having dedicated a lot of your time to not only investigating the UFO phenomenon but uh, writing about it, why do you think that certain people have these encounters these experiences while other people don't
3: uh it's very hard to say we do know it runs in families there does Mm -hmm. seem to be absolutely a a randomness to it uh and by that i mean like you can be driving around late at night and just get you know lucky or unlucky depending on how you look at it Uh, it's real hard to say there are certainly hot spots areas where it does seem to be more active uh, that could definitely be a factor, whether you're out late at night. Um, you know, people who see UFOs are, by and large, outside.
2: Mm-hmm. As, far
3: as, as far as abductions, I mean, yeah, it follows families. That's the only real pattern we know for sure. But it's not true for all encounters. I've talked no. to many people who have no history of, in their family. You
2: know, we're talking about your new book uh, tonight, The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. How did you choose this for a topic, and, and why did you decide to write a book on it?
3: Uh, I had run across this lady who had an experience mm-hmm. where she had a cyst, went, had an experience. You know, She was diagnosed with a cyst in, in her uh, fallopian tubes. It's causing her a lot of pain, a, a lot of problems went to the doctor it was completely diagnosed that she was scheduled for surgery and she had an experience prior to surgery and went to the doctor and they were pretty upset because the cyst was gone now they hmm. started they did all the pre-surgery MRIs and so on and they couldn't find it and they're like well this is really unusual this uh, x-ray here shows that there's fluid here in your fallopian tube which is only present if you've had surgery right um, which of course she hadn't well not not here on earth apparently Mm -hmm. uh so yeah she she was upset the doctor was upset she didn't want to say you know what had happened to her uh for fear of you know being carted away in a straitjacket which you know may sound facetious but it really isn't i've talked to people who've been put in mental institutions uh because they came forward with their encounters so yeah she kept secret about it right gosh It interested me. I'm like, wow, you know, I've heard about other cases like this. And when she told me this, I instantly thought of this police officer in Texas who had been struck by a beam of light and healed of a alligator bite, a baby alligator bite on his finger, Uh, just by this beam of light. Boom. Healed.
2: Unreal. Now, in your book, you have more than 70 healings of injuries, more than 50 healings of colds, minor illnesses, and ailments. More than 120 healings of serious illnesses and chronic diseases. More than 40 healings of cancer. Cases involving health upgrades. Cases involving healings of animals and even plants. A study of the connection between UFO abductions and psychic healing. uh, Accounts in which people have been rescued by UFOs. Um, Let me see. A study of miraculous cures from angels, NDEs, OBEs, lightning strikes, past past life therapy, Native American ceremonial healings, and more evidence that our government, our governments have obtained UFO healing technologies and are using them or it for themselves. Let's go to the beginning. Um, all these different healings, how did you research them?
3: Uh, well, I was really shocked at how many there were. So that yeah, was, I guess <laughs> Right. I mean, I've initially found, and I've been researching this for many years mm-hmm. and, uh, Thought it was quite rare at first. Thought, you know, maybe 10 cases that I could think of at most, probably closer to five. Right. But as I, as I dug in there, I'm like, my gosh, Bud Hopkins has cases, David Jacobs, John Mack, Barbara Lamb. Uh, I mean, you can go down the whole list of researchers, Yvonne Smith, uh, Edith Fiore, they all had cases. Uh, I, so I started to gather these cases, mm-hmm. and I'm like initially thinking I could write an article about it. And, uh, gosh, there's just way too many for that. Yeah, so, your
2: article is over 573 <laughs> pages long. And I must tell you, uh, it, it's a great book. It's, it's, it's one of these books that you pick up and you can't put the darn thing down very easily. But I must also say uh, that there are some wonderful drawings uh, in, in your book. And, and you sent us a couple that we're going to be putting on the screen. I, and I, you're, you're, I believe it's a relative of yours that, uh, that did these uh, drawings?
3: Yeah, my sister-in-law. Th- Fascinating. Those don't actually. Yeah, those don't actually appear in the book. Right. So they are all uh, actual illustrations representing UFO healings. She's worked with me from the very beginning. Wow. Really.
2: No, very well done. Very well done. Tell me about the more than. 70 let me see 50 healings of colds minor illnesses and ailments, you know, can't we say that "Eh, it could be coincidence that they were healed You know, they're they're nothing major. So how do we actually know that? You know colds minor illnesses and ailments were actually cured by ETS
3: Uh, Due to really I think it's the large number of cases Mm -hmm. that is the best evidence that this is all taking place but a good case comes from Leonard stringfield a respected researcher from Ohio and he interviewed this young man from, I believe it was Florence, Kentucky who was suffering from a head cold, went out into his backyard and saw this sort of manta ray shaped UFO hovering Mm. at a very low altitude uh, in his backyard sending down a beam of light which started to play across the ground and come towards him. He realized he he was about to be hit by this beam of light, Mm -hmm. so he turned turns to run and uh this beam of light hits him he said it was like being struck by a bucket of ice cold water and uh, all these images filled his mind equations weird landscapes things like this and the beam retracted and he fell to the ground and then ran inside and called his mom so following this experience he was Uh his head cold was gone and there's a lot of cases like this it's very strange because I'm not sure why, you know, a UFO would bother to travel light years. I guess could, to pierce could someone. Could, could it
2: be that that these people were in the right place at the right time, and somehow the ETs initiated contact with these people using this ray? And besides getting all the imagery that that he did, and I, I believe others do at the same time, that whatever is in this beam also cured them. Listen, ponder that. I've got to take my break, uh, Preston. And Exxon Nation, if you'd like to find out more about our guest this hour, Preston Dennett, visit his website. All right, the website address is www.prestondennett.weebly.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Preston and I will return on the other side of this break talking about his new And fascinating book, The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. I'm Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away. We
0: all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.
2: All right, Exxon Nation, I'd like to say hello to all the members of the Exxon Nation who are watching this show that is being distributed around the world by Simul TV. And according to Simul TV, that is an approximate 287 million people around the world watch the Exxon TV show on the Exxon TV channel. My guest this hour is Preston Dennett. He is the author of The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. His website is prestondennett.weebly.com okay so we talked about we we talked about you know small things common colds and so on but what about the the healings of the chronic diseases like cancer this must be flooring the medical community when somebody is diagnosed with cancer they get zapped by an extraterrestrials uh, healing ray For lack of better words, and I I didn't say that to be sarcastic. By the way, I just don't know what what other words to use for it. Uh, How does medical community try to justify these cures?
3: Uh, Well, often we see uh, doctors being very confused, uh, sometimes upset, uh, (laughs) and uh, sometimes they'll attribute to a misdiagnosis, perhaps, Mm. or accuse, accuse the patient of having faked something you know, an injury or an illness. Uh, but by and large, they're, they're pretty impressed when, you know, because they have the x-rays, yeah. they have the MRIs to prove it. So, uh, so go- l-
2: let me just ask you this. How can they accuse a patient of, of faking something that was diagnosed by using an MRI or a CT scan? It, you know, are they just trying to make
3: excuses because they can't say, I don't know? Exactly, yeah. It's, it's not in good faith, I would say, yeah. uh, because they know full well that something strange is going on here. Uh, you know, Some patients are more forthcoming. Jim mm-hmm. Schaefer, a gentleman from Winnipeg, uh, he had a cancer healing, right. and his doctor already knew that he was going through ET encounters because he would go in there throughout the years with various you know, scars and injuries mm-hmm. and cuts that he had sustained during the night during a period of missing time. Apparent encounter and he had developed a cyst on his neck a cancerous cyst which disappeared overnight That is strange So what did the doctor
2: say? How did the doctor react? You know, I mean besides the shock that there was a cancerous cyst there uh, yesterday and today it's gone What kind of uh,
3: questions did did the patient get asked? Uh, Well, they wanted to know what happened, Uh you know, and uh, the patient couldn't answer in this case because he had missing time, Mm. Uh, but they listed his case as miraculous, uh, which happens in a number, this is what a number of witnesses have told me, uh, that their case was listed as a miraculous healing, uh, which apparently is a thing where, you know, there's spontaneous remissions that cannot be explained. Right. Uh, You know, a lot of physicians run across this. I don't know if they realize that possibly in some of these cases Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't you know necessarily spontaneous in the way we think of it there was Mm -hmm. intervention there
2: are also other serious illnesses and and chronic diseases that are cured can you share some of them with us
3: Uh, yeah I mean there isn't a part of the body that hasn't been touched and there's I put a whole chapter on just the eyes Mm. for one thing uh, I, which I found really interesting because there was a lot of cases. One lady I interviewed, she was suffering from glaucoma and uh, went out camping in her backyard with her husband who has a history of encounters and uh, woke up in the middle of the night um, lying on her stomach, couldn't really move, but there was this something in the tent with her. Mm-hmm. She could hear it talking over her. There was chattering very loud. She said, I don't know how else to describe it, but like a giant bug. And, uh, you know, praying mantis is the type of uh, ETs this gentleman is in contact with. At any rate, her uh, optic nerve was having a lot of problems at this time. And uh, she felt an energy zap her in the back of the head very strongly, lost consciousness, woke up the next morning and her vision was vastly improved, and went to the doctor who couldn't believe it because her optic nerve, you know, was much thicker now, um, which can't really happen. It's a chronic condition.
2: So you, you said that her husband had had encounters with the praying, ta- praying mantis type of ET that, that has been reported. Is it just the praying mantis ETs that are, that are working these miracles? Or have other reports of other type of extraterrestrials been associated with these healings?
3: Right. Praying mantis are definitely among the crowd of alien healers, mm-hmm. but, but by far, it's the Greys or some variation of the Greys who do most of the healing. I'm going to say about half the cases. There's human looking, of course, a mm-hmm. uh, number of cases fall into that category, but there's also this sort of catch-all category of strange humanoids of really all sizes. I mean, one lady, she had these sort of short darkish-skinned humanoids visit her, she was suffering from chronic renal failure, was praying for a healing, really no. to you know God and the angels, um, when these apparent ETs showed up and healed her of renal failure. Um, and it was an unusual type of ET. I've never really... I mean, a lot of these are unique, um, even all the way up to eight-foot, nine-foot-tall humanoids. Wow. You know,
2: uh, with all the research that you've done doing your many books over the years, based on... Your research and and, you know off the cuff how many different how many different species of extraterrestrials are there believed to be visiting this planet
3: Uh, well from my own research I can Mm -hmm. tell you it's definitely more than just a few really Uh, yeah I mean we got the grays Mm -hmm. and I think it's a mistake to lump them all into one category because they range from let's face it like three feet to five feet six feet and are described differently Some describe them as being very robotic and emotionless, and others describe them as being very emotional, tall, slender. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, you have a whole range there that's almost as wide as the human race itself. But then there's, of course, the Nordics and the praying mantis, the reptilians. And it's really hard to categorize beyond this. I'm going to say most of the cases I get are beyond those three main categories, greys, praying mantis, and human looking. But there's a good 25% of just an an extraterrestrial parade of completely different uh, entities and craft for that matter. Uh, You rarely ever hear the same exact description of a craft. So how do you explain that?
2: Uh, I don't know. I was just going to ask you that question.
3: (laughs) Um, Well, it bothers me. You know, we have our vehicles, uh, which are vastly different, but we we certainly can recognize similar models. Right. To a certain extent, that's, that is true to a certain extent uh, with UFOs in terms of like triangular craft, mm-hmm. but you get these weird shaped craft that are, I mean, one it's not symmetrical. It's like a off centered decohedron or something, and just these weird markings and it just goes on and on. That becomes really difficult to, you know, say this is a you know a carrier craft or a mothership or what have you. Uh, we don't know.
2: Have any of these these people who have been healed been taken aboard the craft?
3: Yes. There's four or five different ways people are healed, or areas, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, that can be visited in their bedroom, perhaps. Driving down the road is another. Uh, Believe it or not, 10% of the cases, which is fairly numerous, like 30, take place in a hospital room. But a good portion of these cases do... Involve an onboard experience, particularly mm-hmm. if it's uh, cancer or right. a serious disease, that sort of thing.
2: And and do these visitations occur at nighttime or in the daytime or any time of day or night?
3: Uh, night is certainly common, but any time it can happen. Uh, there's really, I would say, night is probably most common.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I, you know, I haven't really looked into that in terms yeah. of time of day. Um, so, I, I'll have to check back with you on that one. Sure.
2: And when it comes to the age of the patient that is cured by the, uh, by the presence or the healing of the ETs, is, is there any specific age group or is there any specific uh, sex, whether male or female or transgender, that are healed more than others?
3: Um, you know, I find all different age groups. Right. Uh, there was real, no real pattern in terms Nothing, of. Nothing, eh? The people being healed, it was very young children in mm-hmm. some cases. Uh, in one case, actually, before birth, prenatally, an, a pregnant woman was visited and told by the ET sh- that they, they were healing her baby in utero. Wow. And uh, little tiny babies, uh, young kids, middle-aged people, and I've got cases of people who are like, there's a 67-year-old wow. lady cured of jaundice, a 73-year-old man cured of you know, prostate problems, uh, so, yeah, how, any how, about, age.
2: how about a person's race or religious uh, affiliation? Does that come into play?
3: Not that I could find. Wow. I've got cases from every continent pretty much. I mean, New Zealand, Australia, Africa, all across Europe. The leading producers are the United States, Canada, England, Russia, mm-hmm. and interestingly, Puerto Rico, which is pretty small. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's right there in the top ten. It has an extraordinary amount of activity. I did find one pattern.
2: All right. We're yeah. going to share that pattern with you on the other side of this commercial break with the news. Exonation, Nation, our guest this hour is our good friend Preston Dennett. His website is www.prestondennett.weebly.com. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. XO Nation, Preston Dennett is our guest this hour. He's the author of The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. It's available on Amazon.com. And for more information on Preston and the number of books he's written and so much more, visit his website at prestondennett.weebly.com. Now, Preston, before we went to the break uh, with the news, I was asking you certain questions. And, and, and just before we had to leave, you said you found something that was very interesting. Share that with us.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who's getting healed and why. And because uh, there didn't yeah. seem to be any real patterns to it. Um, of course, if you're already having contact, mm-hmm. you now within your family, if you have a history of abductions, certainly that is a huge factor. I'm going to say, gosh, good half of the cases maybe, not quite, Right. Uh, a third, uh, involve people who have a history of contact. Uh, but there's a bunch of people who don't, so that wasn't it, really. The, what I found, and it was kind of a loose pattern, but it was certainly there, is that people who are, in some capacity, doing good work for humanity, their, their vocation would be something like lots of social workers, right, uh, environmentalists, uh, people who, uh, doctors, a lot of cases involving doctors, inventors, mm. teachers, Uh, This sort of thing. A a good example would be Michael Carter, really interesting gentleman who uh, consented to an interview with me and had an experience. He actually does social work. He was commended by President Clinton for his work against racism. Uh, So pretty hardworking at that. And he had a healing experience. It was that same pattern. He was healed of a blood clot in his leg by a human-looking ET which visited him in his bedroom is it
2: possible that we're actually learning about modern-day experiences of what used to be called angelic visitations
3: yeah I think in some cases there's or probably labeling this as ETs when mm-hmm. it's really angels and really angels when it's ETs exactly um, there's a bleed through and it's a difficult in some cases to decide really, when someone says, I saw a glowing figure come into my room and, and healed me. Uh, I mean, that could be either. So I did include a chapter on angelic healings uh, because the literature on that, I have to tell you, on angels is pretty comprehensive. I mean, it's, there's a lot of stories out there, and many do involve healing. Uh, so, I mean, one lady, this is kind of an interesting aside, she told me She's an abductee. Mm-hmm. The ETs told her flat out that yes, some of the so-called angelic visitations that we've, you know, recorded in our history were actually them. Mm. They told her this.
2: That must so. have been uh, that must have been very powerful messages or interaction that she had with these with these um, ETs or angels. That 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 you know she was able to express this that. This is what they actually said. Now, w- when these ETs or angels uh, c- communicate with those that, are, that they're healing, if they have any verbal or, or or contact as such, is it verbal or is it um,
3: clear audience sort of? Right, Te- telepathic is yeah. generally the rule um, w- during onboard experiences. But I have to say, you know, some people are healed. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no communication. One lady really? I, I interviewed, a lady from Norway, um, was healed of a back injury. I've got like 15 cases of people healed of back injuries or sore chronic back pain. And they didn't say anything. These grays just filed in, flipped around like a rag doll, she said. He put something on her back. She mm-hmm. felt the energy of it and filed out. And they were done. So, I mean, le- like a, less than a minute, really.
2: Have any of the people who have been cured reported that they feel as if they've been upgraded, for example, increased IQ, increased talents are talents that they did not have prior to the, to the encounter or the experience or the, or the curing?
3: Yes. It's fairly common, actually, and it's amazing because people report that they feel like they've had their lifespan extended. Mm. They feel like they've been made smarter. They feel like they've been made stronger faster that they can run faster that they heal more quickly and it's not uncommon and these are perhaps not what you're, a specific healing of a specific ailment right but, but uh, john hunter gray that's what happened to him he reported 20 separate physiological improvements uh and ju- just went down the list he was an adult yet he grew like three inches his feet grew in size his, his cuts started healing faster a uh, case from rd six color clark she talks about a bike racer, a bicyclist, Mm -hmm. who had an abduction experience and came away from it much stronger and faster than he was before. Another kid, a student, rose to the top of his class. Um, So just case after case of this. It's very interesting.
2: Has there been any statistical work done yet, uh, Preston, that would show any, any increase of the life cycle of, of any person that has been um, cured or had a NEET visitation?
3: Uh, there's been no formal research into it really at all in terms mm-hmm. of you know the lifespan of an, the average abductee as right. far as I know. Uh, but I do find it interesting that humanity's lifespan is steadily increasing yeah. and one case does come to mind a gentleman from Gainesville Florida was suffering from uh, I believe it was a hernia, and had a visitation by Gray E.T. one of many he's had in his life, and he had gotten to the point where he's like, ah, you again, <laughs> and was able to speak with them, and said, hey, I've got this hernia, can you fix it? And they said, we, we know what you are talking about, and we will repair it, and they did. And so he's talking to them again, and he asked them, why are you visiting me, why me in particular? And they told him, it's because of your genetic capacity to live a long life. Uh, which made sense to him because his grandfather was 106 years old at the time. My goodness. And and, uh, yeah, living a very long life. So the ETs do seem to be interested in longevity.
2: What do these cases tell us about our very own medical technology then?
3: Right. Yeah, I think they've got a lot to teach us, certainly. Uh, Most of the people who are being healed are being healed by some version of light therapy. Mm -hmm. I guess we would call it lasers are very common. Um, reports of these laser-like instruments that can open up people's skin and sew it right back up. Boy, if we could do that, that would be amazing. Um, and I mean, their technology is curing uh, what we call chronic conditions. So clearly, that's a misnomer. Chronic only means we don't understand or know how to heal it. I think there's definite lessons we can learn from the ETs and it seems to me we're picking up on some of it already in terms of the use of lasers and mm-hmm. light therapy is enjoying a huge uh, popularity right now.
2: Well, I understand that the uh, that NASA has developed light therapy instruments that are used in hospitals using in different color LED lights and colors at different frequencies.
3: Right, and electrical impulses yep. to heal wounds and uh, of course, we've known for years that sunlight and light therapy can cure jaundice. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's re- really remarkable similarities, really, between how ETs heal people and how we do. It's basically the same way. What you do see a lot of is as well, which i found interesting. maybe 20% of the cases uh, involve not instruments, technological instruments, but uh, mind power or hands-on healing on the part of the ETs. So that kind of surprised me, actually. Well, if ETs
2: have the power to cure people, why do millions of people die of disease every year? Why don't they cure everybody? Why only a select few? If it is just DNA or genetics, wouldn't they be able to modify what they're doing to help these other people as well?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's a million-dollar question. Mm. And it's sad because there are a lot of abductees who are suffering from horrible medical conditions, and have one illness or another healed and not others. And yeah, millions of people are dying, and the ETs are doing nothing you know, about the children in the cancer ward sure. situation. Uh, my guess is that the 300 cases I've documented in this book is just the tip of the iceberg, and that there's a lot more of this healing activity going on than even that is recognized within the UFO community. But on the other hand, they can't heal everybody. To do so would cause... An enormous number of problems. We would have overpopulation. Yeah. uh, Giving and if say imagine they gave us this technology, that would be nice, right? I think so. Well, we would. We have a tendency to abuse technology in our society, and it could very well cause divisions between like who's get gets to use this technology. Will it be given only to the power elite, the super rich? Is it only for the military and soldiers? Right. Uh, And how, do, how would you possibly regulate something like this when we have such overpopulation problems and such aggressions between nations? Uh, it's a real problem. I think that's one of the main factors. Here's
2: a question I'd like you to ponder as we take this final break, Preston. Why would an ET travel light years to cure someone with a common cold? Stand by, Preston. We'll be back on the other side of this break. And exonation Nation, my guest this hour, is Preston Dennett and he is the author of The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. It's available on Amazon.com and if you'd like some more information about Preston, his website is www.prestondennett.weebly.com This is The X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. To get the current edition of the X-Chronicles newspaper with our compliments, visit www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Preston Dennett and I will be back on the other side of the short break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Our guest this hour is Preston Dennett. He is the author of, well, many, many books, but we're talking about His latest book, The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials, it's available on Amazon.com. And for more information on Preston, visit his website, prestondennett.weebly.com. Preston, always great talking to you. Congratulations on yet another book. But before we went to the break, I asked you a question, and I gave you a couple of minutes to think of the answer. (laughs) Why would an ET travel light years to cure someone of the common cold?
3: Yeah, I think in some cases it's just a random flyby. Uh, other cases, I think they have a vested interest in the health of their uh, of the abductee. Mm-hmm. Uh, cer- certainly, the abductees feel this way. A, a good portion, well, a significant portion of them feel like they're being treated no different than you would treat a lab rat or you know a farm animal, animal mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, they're maintaining their health so they can produce, say, hybrid babies. In other cases, the ETs profess to have a relationship with these people and that you know perhaps they're ancestors of ours or time travelers or related to us in some way. We do know that they seem to be very interested in all things human, uh, from our planet to our animals to plants, the whole deal. And certainly the most common thing when someone's taken on board is being physically examined. So they're very interested in us. For whatever reason. And uh, you know, I don't know if there mm. are some cases where the ETs have clearly no vested interest in healing a person. I mean, it doesn't do them any good, that certainly we can see. Uh, it's hard to say. You know, when you gave the possibility
2: that we're lab rats, that's quite a scary thought that here we are being basically experimented on groomed, basically being taken care of these ETs. And that brings up the question, why? What is the ultimate goal? Are we going to be um are we going to be part of their, their diet in the future or, or what what do you think is happening here?
3: Uh, well, I mean, there does seem to be an escalation of activity in that since the modern age of UFOs, 1947, mm-hmm. uh, there's been a lot more activity than there has been historically. I'd say it's pretty much unprecedented. While there have been waves and evidence of so-called ancient aliens, uh, we're seeing something different now in modern times. And it's hard to say where, the, where this is leading. Uh, but ETs do appear to have an agenda pushing towards open official contact, perhaps, uh, and I say that because of these giant waves of activity like Phoenix Lights yeah. or Hudson Valley or you know Gulf Breeze or Belgium. I can go on. Uh, they're showing themselves clearly on purpose.
2: But it doesn't seem like they've been showing themselves lately. And is this the quiet before the storm?
3: Yeah, we're overdue for Man. sure. It, happens, it seems to happen like every five years or so, a giant wave of sightings that's so monumental and in your face that it just can't be ignored. The mainstream media has to cover it because people are in an uproar about it and we're definitely overdue for that and i'm really interested to see how this all pans out because um i don't think ets are planning on invading us they could have easily i don't see evidence of what i would call hostile intent or sadism or mm-hmm. or deliberate torture or you know really malevolent types of behavior um i don't get a, really any of that not i don't want to say any uh, but it's far, far, far skewed towards the positive, really, um, in comparison to humans, for sure.
2: Sure. Um, in, in the information you sent us on your book, the healing power of UFOs, one of the talking points is evidence that our government have our governments have obtained UFO healing technology, and are using it for themselves. Explain that.
3: Yeah, th- this is alarming. When I, you know, started researching into this, mm. uh, there's the whole. UFO crash retrieval phenomena, uh, which you know is pretty popular right now. It's one of the cutting edges of UFO research, that you know the disclosure movement, onboard experiences. Uh, but this whole crash retrieval uh, stories is really all we have right now, um, sometimes supported by multiple witnesses, often not. But there are enough for us to say pretty conclusively that our government or some aspect of it, and certainly other world governments, uh, have obtained, crashed UFOs, and alien bodies. And this is an important uh, fact because these UFOs are filled with healing instruments and healing technology. But it's Preston, the...
2: how, how do we know for a fact that, that, that these ETs are really there and that there are, in fact, crashes when no one has produced any, any hardcore evidence?
3: Yeah, it's ironic because uh, an actual artifact, an alien artifact, would be incontrovertible evidence. Exactly. And and here we have you know hundreds of reports of you know crashed UFOs, mm-hmm. which w- would be the best evidence. But it turns out you know we have no physical evidence to support this. I think we do have enough eyewitness accounts coming from highly credible sources. Really, some people who are well placed, you know, uh, within military, highly educated, uh, and uh, are sent to UFO crash sites to investigate the, you know, propellants or the the crash site, the burns and mm-hmm. the metal and all of this. These are, um, the reports are surprisingly numerous. i have got a number of whistleblowers right now saying, yeah we've got this healing technology and are using it.
2: But a whistleblower isn't always credible. Whistleblowers for the majority of the cases are people who are looking for some some fame, because they, they want their five minutes of the spotlight. So how do we, you know, I, I understand that, that there are credible people who go to these cra- alleged crash sites, and, but they never come back with any evidence. They never come back with any photographic evidence. And if they're going to talk about it, you would think that with today's technology, everybody has a camera that they bring with them from one uh, piece of equipment or another, like a cell phone or whatever. But they don't. So this is where I have a bit of a problem with anyone who says that, well, I went there and I did this, that, and the other thing, or I saw this, or I know for a fact this. When they can't, when they're, you know, when they're willing to to divulge this information to anyone who will listen, but they don't produce any information to collaborate their stories. So how do we, how do we decide what is real and what is just fiction?
3: Yeah, it's a real hall of mirrors, uh, this field, which mm. kind of shocked me when I got into it because, I mean, I never really expected there to be s- such a thing as disinformation Yeah, or really cover-ups. But we do know there's a cover-up. That's demonstrable. How do we but- know
2: that? How do we know that, Preston? Tell me how it can be proven that there is, in fact, a cover-up, that it's just not a conspiracy theory that is being perpetrated and planned by the UFO community. Because as long as the cover-up conspiracy is in place, the ufology groups do not have to provide any evidence because, well, listen, you know, the government has it, the men in black, and so on and so forth.
3: Well, we know because of the hard work through the Freedom of Information Act by people like, you know, Peter Gersten, Larry Mm -hmm. Fawcett, uh, Dave Greenwald more recently, or John Greenwald uh, of Black Vault, Uh, there are absolutely enough documents out there which have been released uh, through the Freedom of Information Act from intelligence sources like the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, uh, which express a direct interest in UFOs and talk about it very forthrightly. I
2: I understand. I'm sorry for cutting you off. It's just that we're running out of time really fast here. I, I understand that, Preston. But just because they classify it as a UFO, which is just an unidentified flying object, how do we know that their reference is being made to a spacecraft that has flown right across the universe to come to this planet and visit?
3: Uh, because they, they call them craft in many of these documents.: But once again,
2: but once again, there's a lot of military craft out there that a member of the FBI or NSA would not know that it is, in fact uh, an experimental craft from their own military. We've seen this before. The problem
3: is these witnesses are themselves pilots and military men and navy people who don't recognize it. But that doesn't uh, are sent there by the superiors to vector these objects. Right, but but that doesn't mean
2: just because they're experienced or given classification of in one area that they know everything that is going on. For example, the Tic Tac video. You look at that, and you know. So the New York Times put it out to be this. This, this earth-shaking video. You look at that, and a number of people have come forward and said, well, that's just hyperspace experiments that were going on, and of course the military in that area wouldn't know what the heck was going on. So how do we know, especially when this happened after the, the, uh, the Soviet Union came out and said, well, we have hyper, hypersonic vehicles that could evade any of your air defenses, and the United States a few weeks later comes up with this. So how do we know? Like, how would an FBI agent know what a real UFO is compared to a military aircraft or a military craft?
3: Um, Well, we know because of the events that happened over White Sands early on when we started launching missiles of events that happened over Edwards Air Force Base, which put the whole base on alert. Mm -hmm. These objects were caught on radar. They weren't ours. We were thinking, could they be Russian? Mm -hmm. You know, definite possibility, but that's not, intelligence investigations showed them to be. There was one sighting over Edwards Air Force Base, which really shook up high levels of uh, government.
2: All right, I hate, that, to, I hate to do this, my friend, but we'll have to have you back on to continue this very interesting conversation. Congratulations on your book, The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. Preston Dennett has been my guest this hour. His website is www.prestondenett.weebly.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.